the DNR list. DNR, not what you think. I'm talking about the do not rank list. Every program has it. They may call it something different, but every program has a do not rank list and you don't want to be on it. Uh, stay tuned. This, that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so the do not rank list, that is definitely something that we used a lot during my time as a, as a residency director. The do not rank list basically serves as a way for us to keep track of candidates where we've identified a red flag, something that would definitely or most likely uh, result in that particular candidate not really being a good fit for the residency program now of course it doesn't mean that the person would have been a bad resident necessarily uh, but as I've said before programs have to rely on every piece of information every piece of data that they can to make those decisions to kind of create the best chances possible for the program so that the the applicants that do match are, are a good fit that they will be able to work collaboratively and and that of course they have the capability to function as a resident so a dnr determination by a program director or a chairman uh, are pretty much they're gonna veto any any other feedback from other faculty member that were interviewing or a chief resident if there's a DNR uh, put in by the program director or the chairman, uh, that's pretty much going to be it unless someone in the faculty or, or someone makes a very compelling case as to why that candidate really is not, you know, someone that needs to be on the list or, or have a red flag. Um, best case scenario being put on a do not rank list by a faculty member uh, or or a chief resident or someone based on their interactions best case scenario is that applicant is going to be under the microscope way more than anyone else uh, and it is more likely than not that that candidate will remain in the do not rank list um, but either way it's not the situation you want to be in so let me go over just um, four four particular situations that could land you in that list the first one just causing unnecessary friction between you and your interviewer or people uh, from the program just causing unnecessary friction due to just a personal opinion something that you're uh, vehemently talking about or defending um, and a, I guess a clearer way of saying this is just remember the Thanksgiving rule. Like people say when you get together with family during Thanksgiving, do not bring politics or religion into it. Uh, that is not the forum to, to defend that point of view or to start you know, talking in detail about uh, your beliefs and 
in in that particular arena now uh, don't get me wrong it is okay to have disagreement and to have different opinions with your interviewers or, or other people that you're interacting with um, but let's be very honest about it you can't have disagreements if it's about um, an article for example you know medicine related if there is some uh, current debate about the best injectable for diabetic control or the best way to use uh, the the latest CHF medications and and it's still up for debate absolutely bring that up defend your viewpoint quote articles and and sources that that will be fantastic that will actually be a great thing for you to do but do not take that opportunity uh, to as I say talk about um, religious viewpoints or politics um, more than anything it's not it's not the opinion itself that is the red flag just to be clear about that the red flag is that a candidate cannot identify that that is not the right forum to bring up these things that's the red flag it is not the red flag about whether you think one way or the other um, the concern is that an applicant should have the awareness um, and and just the 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 social ability to know what is appropriate what is inappropriate and so having those discussions that shouldn't happen during an interview process um, will absolutely be a, a red flag number two second thing to avoid is just being dishonest in your CV regarding your experience uh, or even your level of involvement with projects or work that you quote in your CV this has happened quite often I've asked applicants to give me a little bit more detail about certain things that they've included in their CV because they sounded very interesting honestly and I wanted to get a little bit more detail about it uh, but then I don't get that detail and then the applicant basically has two choices either they own up to the fact that they included that there but that they were really minimally involved in that activity but they included it in their CV anyway um, and then other applicants don't really acknowledge the fact that they may have included that experience without really having done the work. Um, and I can tell you nine, out of, nine times out of ten applicants that come clean and say, look, I included it in there um, because I did work with the, with, uh, the main researcher. I knew him but I, I was involved for maybe a week and then I had to leave and I couldn't finish the, the entire project which actually lasted six months um, that is better than trying to talk your way out of it and still uh, come out as someone that's defending a lie you don't want to come out as being someone that's defending a lie so be honest from the get-go uh, regarding your CV the experiences you put there um, and as I've said before, be the expert in you. Be able to talk about the things that you put down on paper because you never know what the interviewer is going to ask you about. The third thing that you want to avoid is being 
so, so, so excessively cocky or self-confident that it comes across as being uninterested. Um, so I want you to be self-confident. I want you to show confidence. Um, but there is an extreme type of confidence where uh, it comes across as probably someone that is not really interested in in joining the ranks of that program or making connections with other uh, candidates or the faculty and the staff um, and and it's just not a right um, it's not the right body language and it's not the right message to send to to people that are interviewing you so be self-confident absolutely that that is a huge plus but don't go so much overboard that it appears to the interviewer like you're being too cocky and maybe even a little uninterested where you really don't care about the outcome of the interview um, or not so um, that's the third thing and then the fourth the fourth thing which has happened so many times is essentially bombing a clinical scenario uh, you may say well how do you want me to avoid bombing a clinical scenario um, I can tell you that in my time as program director I've interviewed so many applicants that were so capable and I knew they were capable but they got so nervous during a clinical scenario that the basics about medicine and the basics about the answers that they should have been giving were not there. Uh, they were so nervous they either froze or they started to overthink things. Um, if, if, you, if the clinical scenario had anything to do with congestive heart failure, they would forget the basics about fluid overload and diuretics and you know checking fluid status, etc. And they would really overthink things and think about almost the latest research type data. Um, and even though that would be good to know and good to hear from an applicant, if you don't know that part, please stick to the basics. You know the basics. You know what needs to happen um, when you're tre treating these common conditions. Um, so try not to overthink it. Um, why does this land you in a do not rank list? Because it's very difficult sometimes for a, an interviewer to determine if you just have a lack of medical knowledge or if you froze. Either way, you don't want to be a candidate that, that could go either way, that could either freeze in the middle of a very complex patient encounter and you also don't want a candidate that has little medical knowledge or insufficient medical knowledge so my advice to that is go as prepared as possible meaning just kind of um, relax enjoy the interview as I've said in other um, episodes you have to enjoy it you have to relax you have to smile smiling takes you naturally to a level of of more um, comfort and, and a more relaxed body language um, but also be self-confident 
to the point where you know what you know. You know that you've studied so much for the boards, you've studied throughout med school, you know the basics. Um, however, don't overshoot it. Do not be so self-confident that you come across as really not caring about the outcome of the interviews um, because that is not the right message to send. Let me know if this episode was helpful or informative. I will keep trying to give you information that I really hope will help you get or land a residency position. And until next time, thanks so much for listening.